Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We saw it all coming. J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. That's one of our two poll questions this morning. J.J. signing with the Cardinals is fill in the blank. Hit us up. 888-ESPN. Our other one this morning, which we're going to dive right into. 59th anniversary of Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points in an NBA game. Happened back in 1962 out in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So we're asking, could anybody score 100 in an NBA game today? Obviously, there are some differences here. The three-point line, obviously, not in effect back in 62. The way the game is played, the emphasis on offense, all of it. Let's get right to it. Corey in Charlotte, you're on ESPN Radio. NBA players that could score 100. Talk to me, Corey. Uh, uh, good morning, you fellas. Uh, I had to say uh, Steph Curry as one because of the three ball. You know, I think he has a record for what hitting 100 straight in practice. So I think he, his ability to do that at any given moment. KD, he's a seven foot monster who can score from anywhere in the basket. And James Harden's capability of just getting to the free line, free throw line. So I think if he get like 50 free throws, take out like 23, 30 shots, he'll he'll get 100 easy. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I don't know if there's ever been a player in NBA history who's gotten 50 free throws. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never seen that before. 50, in a game? 50 free throws in the oh, game. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you get 40, 40 shot attempts, I think it's possible. If you get 40, 45 shot attempts, I think it's possible. I like the three options. And let's uh, scroll down because there's a, there's a guy here that, no, uh, that I really up. want to uh, get to here attempts. with Rick in Delaware. Now this, is, now, this is interesting considering the style we're talking about that you need it. Rick in Delaware. What's going on, guys? What's happening, What's man? Up, man? What's up, Rick? Listen, there's only one guy in the league that could match the physical dominance that Wilt had back then, and that is Joel Embiid. Oh, God. And he can shoot the three ball. You like the Sixers? When are they going to win by championship? <laughs> man, if we, if we can get by Kevin Durant See, and, and James Harden, it might be this year. Told you he was a Sixer fan. Just just throwing that question out there to us, that's all. Knew he was a sixer. Knew it. Joel Embiid would have to take a lot of threes in order to, to catch a hundo. A lot of threes. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not his game all the way. I mean, he can shoot it, but I don't want Joel Embiid taking a lot of threes. <laughs> Quick reminder today on the ESPN Daily, Azzy Fudd is the top women's basketball recruit by far. Katie Barnes tells us about the young star's relentless drive as she moves towards starting with the UConn Huskies down the road. That's on the ESPN Daily podcast. Listen on your favorite podcast app. Alex is in Nebraska, and he's on ESPN Radio. Who could fill it up to the tune of the century, Mark? <laughs> right. So I think uh, Clay Thompson, even though he's injured when he comes back, is a guy that can do it. He's fast scoring. And I think you got to look at a guy like Devin Booker, who's young and goes off a couple times a season and gets fairly close. So I think those are your two guys that can score quick, get it done. So love the show. Good job, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, that deep booking, dude. I mean, he has 71 points. And our homie uh, – at Mike Petro 23 said 39 free throw attempts are the most in the NBA game. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Who had it? Nobody? Uh, I mean, I, I, he he didn't tell me who he had it, say? but he saw it on Twitter. So, Who do you guys think could do it? I, I mean, I went through the list. I, I think Steph, Steph Curry. D-Book. Book. Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is perfectly positioned to do it in D.C. James Harden, KD. I mean, every situation has to be right. I was about to say it's so so. It has to be. It's different though, right? It's not like when when Wilt played back in the day. It's almost like they almost gotta let you do it to a degree, right? Well, not let you, but it's like, all right, I'll give not you an example where I feel like Bradley can do it, right? Like he already averages like close to thirty points per game. I think at thirty points per game, he leads the NBA. 
it's a game where Russell Westbrook doesn't play and he gets hot. Like, say in the first half, he has like 45, right? Like, because he's hot. And he just, it has to be one of those games where a guy just gets incredibly hot, but there's not a lot of options as well for other people to score. But are you just going to let somebody do you like that? No, but sometimes, you, I mean, Jalen Rosen let Kobe drop 81 on him. <laughs> he dropped 81 on that. It's like, he did it. Like, Please. it just, it happens. Like, trust me, you go back and watch the tape. They were trying to lock him down. Kobe was giving them buckets. Here's the other thing. Wilt was so much more physically dominant than everyone he played with. Today, Embiid is a giant guy, but there's several guys that would be ready to D up Joel Embiid, right? There's a ton of great shooters. He was such a a once-in-a-lifetime sort of player in that era. In that case, even though he didn't have the three-point line, and obviously when you're that big, there's no reason to go out there even if there was an arc. But the bottom line is he was so much more physically imposing than everybody else that he could probably trade his twos for your threes. I mean, he was that dominant. I Let's, found out who the player was with 39 free throw attempts twice in his career. Guess who? It's, a, it, it's I, a big guy. It's a big guy. Wanna... Big guy. What Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Dwight Howard. Oh, wow. Dwight Howard. Oh, that was that was because he couldn't shoot free throws. <laughs> well, they just, yeah, they Shaq just, Dwight. Yeah, hey, come here. Shot 50% probably from the field during right. those two games. Yeah, that's probably the reason Shaq would be high up on that list at some uh, point as well. Okay, Les is in Virginia. Who could score 100 today? The answer's easy. It's Kevin Durant. Nobody can stop Kevin Durant. The big man cannot stay in front of him, and there's no short man he can't get a shot off on. You see, I, he's just not a ball hog. I feel he's not you. A ball hog. He's not a ball hog. But here's the problem with this current construction of the team, though: is it realistic that that can happen this year with James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the court? But if it can happen with James Harden, how come it can't happen with KD? That's true. I mean, look, well, they I, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean. I think it happened more with James Harden if, if it's one of those games where Kyrie and KD are not playing. Just because James Harden is a hot dog. And he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. Hot like, dog. Go ahead, too. Yeah, you. You, you don't get shots up. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. I love this name. Earthy in Virginia. What you got? Yes, yeah, so I got any of the guys that you just mentioned. Uh, uh, like uh, KD, uh, Harden. And you have uh, the other guy for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie. And he's Kyrie. Kyrie, you guys forgot to mention Kyrie. He can get his shot at any moment. He, I think he can go off for 100 um, uh, with uh, Clay and uh, Steph. So any of those guys that I just mentioned can do it easily. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. Rod in North Carolina. Give us a name we haven't heard yet. Zach Levine. I feel like in the, uh, he can get hot and he doesn't really have a conscience and he can pull up from anywhere. So I think Zach Levine could get the 100 points. Rod, you may be on to something there because Zach Levine is shooting a three ball at a different clip this year, man. There's a reason why he's an all-star. And we're also mentioning another question this morning. We're going back and forth, so keep it coming on the 100-point games. We're also asking, J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals is? So we got a little NFL question. we got an NBA question. Jake in Syracuse, J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals is? Hey, guys. What's that? What's up, Jake? So I got in the car this morning heading to work. You guys, you guys break the news for me on J.J. Watt. First thing that popped into my head is just being a kid in grade school, and you're going to pass gas so loud, and everybody's going to laugh, teacher's going to freak out, and then it's just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. It's just a nothing signing. 
Gotcha. Whoopie cushion. So you sign. didn't pass gas or you passed gas? Oh, God. I'm confused. Wait, Jake, to... break it down. I'm confused. <laughs> I don't want him breaking that down. Well, he, he said, you know, it, <sighs> then he, I, I don't know what that meant. And nothing. I guess he's just saying it's nothing. I hope Everybody he ran to the bathroom it. after he passed it. That, <laughs> that, didn't, that, didn't, hey. that sounded wet. What? Kids are on their way to school. I'm sorry. Back to the other poll question. 100 in the game. Legs in New York. Give us somebody we haven't heard from yet. Yes. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook can uh, get that 100 points. If he puts his mindset to it the way he did when he was averaging all those triple doubles, he can pull it off. I thought about Westbrook for a minute, and then Jay Will kind of brought me back down to earth and just like, nah. I just – I feel like Russ, he can get you points, but not – he gets you points, rebounds, and assists. Like, I think of Russ with usage, right? Because he can't right? hit the three. Like, yeah, the, like, it's not easy for him to shoot. Like, Russ be trying like Russ be wide man. open. Russ be like, no, I'm going to take, like, five dribbles in and try to rack it real quick. But he's just so explosive and quick to the cup. You can't do nothing with that. Why not? But, I mean, that's a lot I of twos, him, though. I've seen him bunny hop from the – from the free throw line, uh, it's like, man. It's like every offseason I see a Russell Westbrook highlight. I'm like, oh, he's going to shoot a jumper, and it's him dunking. I'm like, I already know you can dunk, Russ. Yeah, I yeah, like let, him. Let me though. see you shoot a three ball. I like him, though. I know. He's nice, though. Give me a number like here. Because you've said it's not going to be 100. We get it throughout the course of a game. No team is actively going to allow somebody to score 100. They'll do anything to save their reputation. We saw Kobe hit 81 and Devin Booker hit 70. What's a realistic number in that area that someone can get to. It's a hundreds out. We get well, it. Well, you just saw and Kobe had 81. 70, you saw Kobe. Yeah. But see, Kobe different, though. Right? I mean, that's he might, he might 81 10 times a season if he wanted to. But see, I, Devin Booker dropped 71. Zach Levine, I, I like what the call, I think it was Rod in North Carolina said Zach Levine. I mean, he's probably the most gifted scorer Chicago's had since MJ. 60, 60 seemed like it's just – I mean, I would stay right. I would hover around at yeah. 60 mark, at 60, 65. Stay right there. Even though some guys have little gone speed over limit, that. little speed limit. Yeah, 60, <laughs> 65. Stay right there. Don't go too far over that. And speaking of going far, as far as you can go as a woman in the NFL, it's a pleasure to have Amy Trask join us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Former Raiders Chief Executive Officer. You see her on CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, Sunday NFL pregame show. And Amy, it's a pleasure to have you here. And it is Women's History Month, so it's the perfect time to have you here. Being one of the highest ranking female executives in NFL history, there's so much talk about the diversification, the NFL, to get more minorities and women involved from the executive level down to the coaching level. Where do you think the NFL stands with that right now? Well, thank you, men, for having me on. I'm a fan of the show, and I appreciate you inviting me to join you. Uh, You know, my perspective is a bit different than the perspective of others because I started in the league so long ago. You will have umpteen listeners that that weren't even born when I started my career in the NFL. And the reason I note that is while there hasn't been enough progress and while we shouldn't stop trying and working and, and attempting to make greater progress until these issues are solved, There certainly has been progress since I started in the league. I started with the Raiders in the mid-80s, early part of the mid-80s, and there wasn't even a discussion of women in the NFL, of diversity, of the need for diversity and inclusiveness. So has there been progress? Absolutely. Does there need to be more? Absolutely. What's up, Amy? 
Hey there, how are you? Good, long time no hear from. That's okay though. Um, you mentioned you mentioned working with the Raiders back in the eighties. How was it working for Al Davis, knowing that he was a strong advocate of minorities along with women being hired in the professional ranks? Well, look, you have listeners and fans and followers that are Raider fans and loved Al. And you have many listeners and followers and fans that can't stand the Raiders and couldn't stand Al. But if we are all being intellectually honest about this, we should all agree that this is someone who hired without regard to race, gender, ethnicity, or any other individuality, which has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on whether one can do a job. And he was doing this, as I said, decades and decades and decades before other people were even discussing this topic. I'm a beneficiary of his vision. He hired this girl, and I was a girl. I was a kid. He hired me in, you know, it was roughly 1983 when I started my internship, 87 when I was hired full-time as an employee. And as I said, these weren't even topics on the table back then. So I did have the great fortune of working for him. Uh, He didn't give a damn about one's race, gender, or ethnicity. He wanted someone to do a job. Let me ask you this, Amy, because you've been around for a long time in the National Football League. You've seen all sorts of cycles with coaches being hired, being involved with hiring coaches, firing coaches. When you look at this past cycle, and there was only two minority coaches that was hired, and the last coach that was hired in the National Football League happened to be African-American and David Culley with the Houston Texans. What do you take away from the lack of minority hires in this past cycle? Very, very disappointing on the coaching level, much more optimistic on the general manager level. And I do like what I see a number of teams are doing in terms of pipelines for people to begin their careers and work their way up. As you men know, you don't wake up one day and say, I want to be a GM, I want to be a CEO, I want to be a head coach. You work your way into those positions. So let's keep our eye also on entry-level positions, and a number of teams are starting pipelines for people to join early in their careers and work their way up. So I'm hopeful we'll see more advancement in that regard as well. Amy, we had Demar Smith on the show before, and he said the same exact thing about pipeline. And he, he said, we wish we could throw the Rooney rule out the window. Is that the same for you? Do you feel the same way? Well, I think it's, um, look, there should never need to be a rule to do the right thing. It's a shame that there needs to be a rule to do the right thing. But if it's helping, then it's helping. And I have yet to hear anyone suggest a better idea. You know, building pipelines is so important, and it's smarter than just having a rule. But we can do these things at the same time. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't admit that I was an absolute child about it when the league announced the the establishment of the Rooney rule. And I immediately called the league office and said it should be the Al Davis rule. And I behaved like an absolute child because, by the way, Dan Rooney, tremendously, tremendously important to me in my career, loved Dan Rooney. But I really thought it should have been named the Al Davis rule. Let me ask you about a a current situation that just happened. Uh, J.J. Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Were you surprised by the move? and, And why do you think that happened? 
Uh, I was, you know, I don't know that I would say I was surprised or not surprised. I didn't have an expectation of where he would go. I had some thoughts of where he'd go. Arizona wasn't one of them, so perhaps that constitutes being surprised. But look, he's going somewhere where, by definition, given the math, he's not going to face a lot of double teams because, as we all know, it's math. It's 11 on 11, and if you choose to double someone, Someone else is going to have greater opportunity. And he's going to a team which was tied for fourth last year in the league with the number of sacks. They know how to pressure the quarterback. So now, you know, J.J. is a guy when healthy that opposing offenses get up to the line of scrimmage and say, where is he? Where is he? I always call them, where is he players? Because you need to account for him. Well, you know what? Chandler Jones needs to be accounted for as well. And so he's going to have greater opportunity there because he's not going to be the only pass rush weapon on the team. Amy Trask, CBS Sports NFL analyst and former, get this guys, former Raiders CEO joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin. Amy, what does this do for the Cardinals? Where does it, does this put them in the NFC? Not the NFC West, but the NFC. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you were going to go NFC West, and I think the NFC West is one of the most intriguing divisions. Um, Well, look, we don't know how things are going to shake out with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Let's assume for the moment he stays there. New quarterback in Los Angeles. We know what we just talked about, Arizona, and San Francisco had just an, an innumerable injuries last year, and if they come back from all those injuries, could be a different team. And Um, We don't know what they'll do at quarterback. They may add. I think it's an incredibly exciting division, and it's going to be a hard division to win. So your question is a great one. Um, Maybe we see Arizona, if not winning that division, uh, and I think that division will come down to the end, fighting for a wild card spot. Mm. How how surprised are you about all this quarterback kind of like uncertainty surrounding different teams right now, whether it's Cam Newton, whether it's Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, just all of these different movements that could potentially take place over the next several months. Well, we, these two things are not mutually inconsistent. We could see a lot of movement, far more movement than normal, of very, very, very good quarterbacks. You just named a few. Um, am I surprised? No. I think I've gotten to the point where nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to such things. So I do think it'll be an exciting offseason. You named a few quarterbacks. We'll see how that thing works out in Houston with Dak. We've got Russell Wilson. I think San Francisco should add at the quarterback position. We already see one trade has been made, although it's not yet final. So, look, we don't know what the Jets are going to do. And, of course, there's the draft to factor in. So I think it's going to be a very, very exciting offseason for quarterbacks. Amy, how would you have handled or how would you handle the Deshaun Watson situation in Houston? Well, I've been saying this for quite a while. I don't know if he's done this or not. And if he has, it certainly doesn't seem to have been effective. Were I Cal McNair, when this started percolating, when this story started coming out, I would have done absolutely positively everything I could do personally by myself to try to mend this relationship with Deshaun. Look, he can delegate authority all he wants, whether to Jack Easterby or Nick Casario, but at the end of the day, the owner of a team has ultimate authority and ultimate responsibility and ultimate control over that team. And you can delegate all you want, but by definition, since you can revoke that delegation, you as the owner of that football team are fully in charge. Take charge, 
and go try to fix this. And if the reports were true and Deshaun wasn't answering the phone or responding to texts, I would have driven over to his house and parked my car in front with a big note on the windshield that says, I'm sorry this is happening. Can we please talk? And I would have done absolutely everything I could have done personally to mend that relationship. And that's what I would have advised uh, Cal to do if I worked there. I don't know how hard he tried. It doesn't strike me that he tried hard on a personal level. And we may see Houston lose a very, very good quarterback as a result. It's funny. We had Mike Tannenbaum, also a front office individual like yourself, that came on and said the exact same thing. Whatever you have to do to salvage it, you have to do it. And by the way, I love your line on the Al Davis rule because people don't think about it. You obviously rose to the top as a woman. Art Shell, a blackhead coach when there are not many blackhead coaches. And don't sleep on this one. Tom Flores, Hispanic head coach right. when there weren't a lot of Hispanic head coaches, all brought to the forefront by the late, great Al Davis with the flame out there in Las Vegas. Key, you want to say something? Real I was quick? just going to tell her, don't stay away too long now. Don't, don't be shy. I won't, and it's really, really nice to, to, hear, to hear your voice. And um, Keyshawn really did run away from me very quickly when he saw me walking towards him once because he thought I was going to tamper. And I'm not going to you know, say yes or no to that because my law school background is <laughs> popping up here, and I won't incriminate myself. But I'm just going to say there's a chance that Keyshawn was right that when I was walking over there was some tampering in mind. Yes, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> that plausible deniability as a lawyer, that plausible deniability. Amy, thank you so Absolute much. Absolute plausible <laughs> deniability. <laughs> Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Amy Trask, Trailblazer. It's Women's History Month. We could have her on in any month. I mean, that's, that's that, you know, working for Al Davis, I couldn't imagine it's the easiest job in the world. So. Oh, no. She, you know, I've been knowing Amy, obviously, out in California for a while. But, um, yeah, she was walking over. And I'm like, don't, I, at this point, it was, you know, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you don't need, because in the NFL, they don't want the other team, especially the Raiders at that time with Al Davis. And I know she mentioned the Rooney rule and, mm-hmm. and naming Al Davis. They were never going to do that. Mm-hmm. The league and Al Davis? Oh, no. I they have would, to watch that 30 for would, 30. Oh, it's cool. I haven't it's seen cool. it yet, but I have to watch it. Yeah, it's it. cool. I watched it the first night it came out. It's right. cool. Okay. Real cool. It's, it's fire. Mm. Especially if you if you kind of, like if you're from L.A. and you know the backstory behind Pete Rozelle and Al Davis and just all the little intricate parts of it, you'll find it fascinating because mm. you like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating. It's creepy, too, right. though, yeah. because they got the, the – what do you call it? The uh, Like the holograms. Yeah, the, the hologram kind of – Al Davis images. was in, like, the Raiders stadium in Las Vegas, which yeah. obviously like a real – they put a guy and made him up or whatever it looked like, Al Davis and Pete Rose. So it was a little creepy because it was okay. really close to them. Like, it was like, yeah, I don't know about <laughs> this one. That would be really creepy yeah. if Al showed up at a game. <laughs> Last thing I would say, obviously the league is coasting now. Corporate profits are at all-time levels, and everybody's just doing the safe thing. But the reality is when you're trying to build a league, what you need is mavericks. Yeah. You need people that are going to oh, go yeah. out and live yep. and do stuff and try stuff. And to be honest with you, Roselle was one and Davis was one. As yeah. much as they hated each other, I think they respected the fact that they both realized in some ways they were like the same person. Man, Al Davis was that dude, though. Like, he was, he was that dude. Like, if you were a football player, like a, I'm talking about like a real, like, just – live, breathe, eat football, you wanted to mess with Al. Like, I really wanted to play for the Raiders, but they could never get me. It was They just didn't have draft picks, just nothing. Imagine being a Raider in silver and black. It's a problem. 
That's why they still have generations of fans. Keyshawn J. Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Amy Trask joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. And a reminder, when you gift a year of ESPN+, Plus, you're given thousands of live events, exclusive originals, the full 30 for 30 library, and more. Surprise a sports fan in your life at the year of ESPN+. Plus. You can visit ESPNplus.com slash gift a year to subscribe or get more details. On the way, more detailed draft talk. The Jets have to decide between Sam Darnold and Wilson, but not Russell Wilson. So what should they do? The number one draft guy in the game, Mel Kuyper Jr., is next with oh. the answer. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This year, it's like nuts. Trevor Lawrence and then everybody else. Mac Jones is really the one that's most interesting to me right now. The Jets and Zach Wilson is a marriage that I think makes all sorts of sense beginning in 2021. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. The Atlanta Hawks have fired head coach Lloyd Pierce. He went 63 and 120 with the Hawks. Nate McMillan, old school coach, his assistant will take over. Nate, of course, has been around the NBA for a long time. Most recently, was the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. The Hawks just weren't moving along at the clip they wanted. Lloyd started this year 10 and 9, but then the Hawks have fallen into a funk. They've got a developmental roster that needs to be developed, obviously, more than Pierce was able to do it. College basketball, Duke Georgia Tech tonight, ESPN Radio, ACC Network as well. Jays, Duke Blue Devils have a 29% chance to make the NCAA tournament according to the Basketball Power Index. So they got some work to do. Selection Sunday is Sunday. March 14th. Black history always on this date, 1962, 59-year anniversary of Will Chamberlain accomplishing one of the greatest feats in NBA history, maybe the greatest single individual feat, scoring 100 in a game. And we're asking this morning, you at 888-ESPN and Key J&Z on Twitter, who in the NBA could pull off scoring 100 in a game today? Keep filling up. We've got some great responses. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Spend your tax return wisely with Straight Talk Wireless. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's Best Networks. For up to 50% less, tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. May make sense to him, but uh, not to our next guest. Apparently, Mel Kiper Jr. is the authority on the NFL draft. Of course, the co-host of the First Draft Podcast with Todd McShay and Field Yates, the best place to get you caught up in the podcast world as we move towards April 29th in the first round of the draft. Hopefully, cross our fingers in Cleveland. Mel, good morning. There's a big decision for the Jets to make. They can obviously stick with Sam Darnold, or they can use the number two pick on a quarterback like Zach Wilson. Right now, you have the Jets trading out of the two spot, moving down Mm -hmm. to four, so that would presume you're thinking they're going to move ahead solidly with Darnold. Why is that? 
Zubin, I think you look at Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida, Devontae Smith, wide receiver Alabama, Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU. You can get one of those three and also have your quarterback. If you go Zach Wilson, you lose those three. And I would say you better love Zach Wilson a a lot more than you feel good about Sam Darnold. So Sam Darnold better be a guy that you have major questions about. Zach Wilson, you better feel can be big time to make that move where you take the young quarterback unproven over a guy you know better than anybody and has had some success despite a terrible supporting cast. And you lose one of these three dynamic offensive performers that will make your quarterback, Sam Darnold, a heck of a lot better. It's really unfair for Darnold to go out there every week with limited players around, limited supporting cast around him. And if you add one of these three tremendous prospects, you have helped him enormously. Let me ask you this, though, Mel. If if it's me and I'm running the Jets, I move out of the number two spot, I slide down, I pick up one of those big tackles, and I find a receiver or, or a tied in later in the draft considering that that position is somewhat deep and we still need to protect Sam Darnold at the quarterback spot. Well, Mekhi Becton-Key, they drafted last year in the first round, left tackle. Uh, You're not going to find a Kyle Pitts in the second, third, fourth round. He is so special and so much better than everybody else. That's why I went Pitts over Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. I'm with you, Key. I think you can get wide receivers. I have 11 wide receivers with second-round grades, seven wide receivers with third-round grades, with five going in the first round. That's 23 receivers in the first three rounds. So I get you. I'm with you on that with the wide receiver position, but I'm not in agreement on tight end. Kyle Pitts is what everybody wants and everybody needs, and I think when you look at what he would do to that Jets offense, got nothing from the tight end position, then you would really find start developing talent. If Sam Darnold can't get it done once the talent improves, then you, you move on. But right now, how can you make a decision on Sam Darnold when he's had nothing around him? And he's had the mono and the injury with the shoulder. Okay, and he's still tried to gut it out. He's still really, I think, really a competitive kid. Yeah, you know, say ultra competitive. Who knows? You know, is he a ten? Is he an eight? Bottom line is, they know that better than anybody. They know his work ethic, his passion for the game, his football acumen. They within that building know that more than and better than anybody else. That's a decision they have to make coming up. Do you stick with Sam or do you move on to Zach Wilson? Yet lose one of those three players I mentioned. Yeah, Pitts is a, an interesting position at the tight end spot as you know Mel the last time the Jets took a tight end that Mm -hmm. high ouch Kyle Brady right it wasn't Mm -hmm. everybody wasn't gung-ho on that you also Mm -hmm. have the 49ers trading up from 12 to 7 I'm assuming to grab Justin Fields is what you put down or Trey Lance is that something that you believe they'll do I think they could. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to go in that general area. I have him as the second highest rated quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. Some disagree with that. Some of them way down the line. Uh, Two games. uh, Yeah, he didn't look the same as he did in 2019 against Indiana or Northwestern. I get that. But they had an interrupted season. They were dealing with COVID. They didn't know practice schedule. They didn't know who they were playing. Uh, It was not a normal season by any stretch. Not even close. So I think for Justin Fields to play the way he did with all that pressure on him uh, in that game against Clemson and Trevor Lawrence and to play the way he did after what he did in 2019, that was enough to sell me on Justin Fields. And to me, you heard the same criticism I've said for the last couple weeks about Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, look where they are. So if he's coached properly, goes to the right organization, and of course Kyle Shanahan would be the right spot, offensive-friendly coach, offensive-friendly system mm-hmm. for a quarterback, uh, I think it would be a great spot for Justin Fields. You, you have Trey Lance. Where, where would Trey Lance go if this was next year in 2022, he, he comes back to school, 
He mm-hmm. could potentially be the first overall pick, but you got guys like Jaden Daniels out there at ASU at quarterback that'll probably enter the draft. Where would they stack up against one another? Yeah, it's a great question because I've talked about that. Sam Howell, North Carolina is another really good one for Mac Brown. He'll be a true junior coming up, uh, although you lose last year, so you could say sophomore, junior. But bottom line is I thought Trey Lance, I would have suggested going to Texas with Sark, go to Ohio State, follow Justin Fields, play one year there in 2021. Then in the 2022 draft, you would have been the number one player overall, pretty much guaranteed. And I still think there would have been a chance, even had he played another year there, could have been a chance to be the number one pick overall. So he's an enormously gifted player, only 20 years of age, only the one start this year, only 17 career starts. We talked about all that. That's why it's a little risky when you talk about the top 10. But talent will win out with Trey Lance. And like I said, if New England wants to make that move, or it's the 49ers, wherever it may be, uh, Trey Lance will be a quarterback. I think you really need to let sit for a year. We say that about everybody, and none of them do. They all play, right? They all play right away. But in Trey Lance's case, being only 20, coming from a one A program with only 17 starts and only one start this past season, I think you want to kind of ease him into the National Football League. Mel, is that why you have the Patriots coming up to number nine and selecting him in your mock draft? Is that the perfect fit for him with Bill Belichick? I think so, Jay. I think, you know, we talk about Jimmy G maybe coming to New England, all these different possibilities. New England's got to get a quarterback. I mean, they had dominated that division with Tom Brady. Now Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen are set to dominate. The Jets are trying to figure out, is it Darnold, is it Wilson, whoever it may be. Same thing with Miami with Tua. And then you have New England. Who's their quarterback going to be? We don't know. Uh, But I think a great starting point would be one of these young quarterbacks. And they certainly Mac Jones with that Saban-Belichick connection is the one interesting guy because we know that. We know Mac Jones has a little Brady in him. When Brady was at Michigan, you see what Mac Jones has now. Very similar in terms of that pocket passer, great accuracy, competitor, super smart. So whether you know, Saban, Belichick connection, you'll get all those Alabama, LSU players up at New England. Uh, that's why Mac Jones, I think, is certainly in the discussion in that room when Bill Belichick is trying to figure out who his quarterback's going to be. Now that we've started the, the workout circuit in the offseason, pro days have, are underway, who's the one guy that is not on your big board today that'll be on the big board tomorrow? Well, I had Kelvin Joseph, cornerback, Kentucky Key at 25. I did not put him in the first round. I think he's set the run in the four threes. Uh, I think he could have a spectacular 40 time. I think Jason Owe, a defensive end, outside linebacker from Penn State, is the one you want to really keep an eye on. I put him in the late first. A lot of people won't. Some will. But I looked at the zero sacks and said, really? But if you watch 2019, you look at that length, that size, and he'll probably run, guys, around a 4-3 to 4-3-5. At Penn State, defensive end, pass rusher, potentially. Now you say, how can he be a great pass rusher when you get a sack at Penn State? Well, the potential, coached up properly. Jason Oway, Penn State, is a kid to really keep an eye on. So what kind of, of, of numbers he comes through with at his pro day, and certainly uh, that could push him into the late first round. You can always check out Mel's latest mock draft, ESPN+. Plus, and we'll continue to monitor everything on the way to the draft, April 29th on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Mel, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great All day. Right, Thank you, bud. Keyshawn J. Will Zuman presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, there have been some pretty good stats, some pretty good numbers on the Knicks' resurgence. Record, winning streak, how good they've been this deep into a season. You've heard the all. The best one yet. The best stat about the Knicks' resurgence is next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zuman. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. So one more thing before we let you go. Hang on, fellas. We got the graphic on. We're covering you. We're covering you. Hang on. Hang on. Man, we're messing around with Justin. So what happens when your boss comes into work. TV crew got you covered. Hang on. A few extra seconds for this magnificent graphic somebody made. Give them a little credit. Okay, so... This is before, real life, man. Before I let you go, we spent a good amount of time yesterday talking about the Knicks, the resurgent Knicks. You've heard all the stories, right? They're 18 and 17. They're fourth in the East. This is only the third time in the last 20 years that they've been over 500 after 35 games. That all sounds good. So they've taken 35 games to get to 18 wins. 18 is the number. How many games? Uh-oh. I'm not going to make you guess. I already heard about that. I heard about that yesterday. Jeez. I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> 18 games. What right? did they say to you? Well, yeah. They, now I want to know what now, happened. Now you got to take me behind the curtain. Gotcha. I'll as take you, you like to say. I'll take you behind the curtain. I was told that uh, sometimes uh, don't spring a question on the spot. That's all I was told. Okay. That's all I was told. But I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, so here's the deal. Knicks, 18 wins in 35 games. Last year, it took them 60 games to get to 18 wins. Now, let that just marinate for a second. This year, they've done it in 35. Last year, it took 60, meaning that the Knicks are in San Antonio tonight. What is the difference between this team and last year's team? If the Knicks lost their next 25 games in a row starting tonight, they would finally hit last year's 18 and 42. They lose to the Spurs and drop 25 in a row. They would hit where they were a year ago. Jay, I mean, Thibodeau's got to be up for coach of the year. Quickly's yes. played great. Randall's played great. I think R.J. Barrett is rounding into form. Would you say he had a very up-and-down rookie year? Yes. I mean, Derrick Rose is, is, he inserts energy. Look, they're fourth in the East. They're fourth in the East. Uh, it, it, it's, um, 
you know, as a guy who was born and raised around this area, like I, I don't remember when I first started paying attention to basketball, like the Knicks being, I mean, I remember obviously Patrick Ewing and, you know, John Starks and those teams to a degree, Anthony Mason, Uncle Oakley. And as I got into the league, like meeting Uncle Oak and spending time with him, he was incredible. But like, I, I don't, as a as a grown up, I, the Knicks never been that team, and now they're actually to have guys like Emmanuel quickly play extremely well, uh, to have guys like Julius Randle who we're comparing him to Chris Bosh. Like I don't remember having an NBA player in New York City that we're comparing to a guy like Chris Bosh who's won multiple championships. But well, my question to you though, Jay, <laughs> yeah, Debbie Downer, here it comes, here it comes. I already when, feel it. When it's all said and done, though, are they going to still be the four seed? Or are they going to be on the outside looking in? I think when it's all said and done, I think they'll make the playoffs. Which would be for the first time since 2012-2013. So that would be a victory. Is that, is, there's no extra team or anything like that, right? Well, they are doing the extra playing game, yes, essentially. Because the they're going to so, do the tournament, yes. So they, they're going so like to. So eighth, ninth team will play, yes. So you figure they're going to be in one of those little I, I think spots. they'll be there. Look, Miami's coming. Boston's getting it back together. Uh, the Tampa Bay Raptors. The Tampa Bay Raptors. Yes, so I'm calling them right now. Um, Charlotte's playing better. LaMelo Ball had 30 last night. So the Pacers are still a good team. Bulls are a good team. Yes, I, I think they will be in the mix when it's all said and done. I'm glad, yes. I don't, I'm, glad I'm not a basketball scout. Last thing I would tell no you. There's no in the world I'd have thought he had 30. Who's that? LaMelo. LaMelo. I mean, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like seeing him early on in like high school and stuff like that. Oh, him, him and Carmelo Anthony did the jersey swap last I night. Just didn't, I just didn't see it. Knicks are in the fourth spot, but remember, in the loss column, they're tied with the Heat, Celtics, and the Raptors, who are in the seventh spot at the moment. But the bottom line, free and clear by a half game, sitting alone in fourth. The big question has always been, can the Knicks get that free agent? Remember, they tried that ridiculous thing years ago with Donnie Walsh in the wheelchair and LeBron James. I mean, can they get that free agent? Stoudemire, was that enough? Was that basically a fallback plan? Brian Windhorst, who joined us earlier this morning and is the co-host of the Hoop Collective podcast, essentially saying, Knicks fans, it's been a long, arduous wait, but it's about to come to an end. I say within the next 12 months, a star slash superstar player demands a trade to New York. And I don't know who it's going to be. I have some guesses I'm not going to say right here. I'll let you guys start thinking about that. Let's just put it this way. League executives certainly have some guesses. And uh, I say by next year's trade deadline, a player, a superstar, you know, all-star player tries to force his way there. Jay, he's being cagey there. Who's he talking about? Everybody keeps talking about Bradley Bill. As much as everybody says Bradley Bill wants to stay in D.C., you, you wonder how long can Bradley Bill keep losing in D.C.? I hate to say this because it's my town, uh, the team I played for. I mean, Zach Levine, Zach Levine there in Chicago. Chicago can't seem to figure out what they're doing. Um, you know, Zach Levine could be one of those guys to say he wants to come here to New York. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It really will. Zach Levine. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. That would pump the league, though, right? New oh. York back relevant. Boston struggling. The Lakers are back. They're having New then York you have back. Kevin Durant, James Harden right. in Brooklyn, another all-star in New York. You have both teams in L.A., LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, your two major markets. Uh, it, it would be interesting. No, it would be good. That's for sure. Lakers, Clippers, even the teams out west, Utah, you know, Golden State to a degree because they, even though they're struggling at times, it's still, still Golden State. Clay it's still back. Clay, it's still Steph, it's still, you know, it's still Golden State that won a number of championships over the last several years. Then when you look out east, like Jay was saying, you got the both teams here, 
You got Philly. You got Boston. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I, I always forget to mention Milwaukee <laughs> just because I don't. Ch- yeah, I, I, mean, I don't feel Milwaukee like that. It. But Trey Young it. could be a free agent. Like I said, Zach Levine will be a unre- no, but he said traded is what Winhorse said. He said traded. Oh, Force a trade, yeah. I mean, Force a yeah, trade. I mean, I guess Trey Young can do that, but I mean, does uh, Zach Levine have a uh, with uh, Tibbs uh, from uh, Tibbs days in Chicago? I don't, I don't remember. No, that was no, too I, far. That was too far. Too far. Yeah, too I'll give you another one. It's if they don't figure it out, it could be really interesting. And I've been saying this the whole year. You know, we had our midseason awards the other night on NBA Countdown. I said, my award was, what else do you want me to do? You want me to sing the national anthem too? Joking around about Luka Doncic being in Dallas because he does everything for Dallas. If it's not working out with Chris Stapps Porzingis, they can't find the right trade value. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is their third best player on that team. Yeah, but Mark Cuban ain't going to let that happen. I'm just saying, Bill Duffy represents Luka Doncic. Bill Duffy also represents R.J. Barrett. If If there's a star that maybe doesn't feel like, hey, this organization is getting me to where I want to be, and you're watching what the Knicks is doing, what the Knicks are doing. Oh no, that'd be big time for the NBA if he was to make that move. Luka Doncic in New York City, but, but with but, the Knicks, but, but I don't think uh, Mark Cuban would let that get away though. Why would he let that get away? I, I'm not saying he would. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes if you're if you're in a place like Dallas and if you're not winning or if you're barely making the playoffs and you're you're having to do everything and you see what they're building here in New York. You're seeing guys like World Wide West, Leon Rose. It could be an intriguing prospect. It's interesting because I think a lot of people felt like this was just the, the latest iteration, right? You got a player agent. You got World Wide West. You got Tom Thibodeau, who is said to be too intense. And it's turned out to be almost too good. It's really ended up working. But Think I, about I, how many minutes Randall is playing. How many guys have chafed under playing all those minutes under Thibodeau, right? And he loves it. But I felt like that they would do good because those three individuals, they know basketball, man. It's not that difficult when you know something. See you tomorrow. Greeny's next with mm. Al Michaels. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.